Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Broncos Broncos country. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. Touchdown Denver. All right, guys, we're back from the break. Nick, we broke down the final decision. Uh, I think that's enough talk for us about that. Uh, I think we've, we've talked enough about the field goal. I'm sure it's going to be talked about for a long time. Um, but let's dive into some of the other specifics of the game. Let's let's first start with what, what were your impressions of just the offense, the way they moved the ball, and then also just how bad they were in the red zone. I think it was 0 for 4 in the red zone, 0 for 3 in goal-to-goal goal situations. Obviously, the two fumbles from Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, both inside the five-yard line. I think Melvin's was right on the goal line, Javante in the backfield there. But what were just your overall impressions of the offense? Well, I'll go overall game. Overall game, I feel as though uh, the offense moved with efficiency. Uh, you know, only two sacks in the game, and you feel as though there would have been more sacks uh, if this offensive line uh, wasn't jailing and, and don't get me wrong they're not exactly where they need to be at this particular time but to only give up two sacks to me I think uh, I get a tip of the cap for those guys because usually in a loud environment like that I'm not even talking about hostile just the volume of the screams and the yells and the bulls it makes it really difficult I mean we saw that a little early on with a couple of uh, false starts and there was one on Garrett Bowles and, and I can understand that because you can't really hear you're trying to be aggressive on the run play and climb to the second level. And he just jumped uh, a little bit. Now, the one on Cortland Sutton where he started to move, to me, once again, all these things are go back to discipline. Can you remain focused? I know it was loud. We could use it as excuse or justification, but they definitely need to improve on that front. And I'll tell you this, George. I mean, I was hearing it from a lot of Broncos fans, and we, we also heard it on the telecast from um, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman when they're saying, well, the delay of games and all the penalties were a precursor to not playing in the preseason. I'm like, no, it's not. If you're in an environment when you can't hear, it's going to make it difficult to get the call in from the sideline to Russell Wilson with the green dot on his head. And that was the problem trying to fight against the crowd noise. And it just seemed as though they started to settle down and got someone in the rhythm but it was just, man, that bugaboo for them was the red zone. Yeah, and, you know, you, you mentioned the noise. Talking to uh, Graham Glasgow and, and Lloyd Cushenberry after the game, you know, they talked about that Javante fumble was actually a miscommunication at the line. It was originally a pass play there on third and goal at the one. Russell checked the play to a, a run play, and half the line didn't hear the check, and that obviously ended up with Graham Glasgow on the backfield. And, and obviously Javante fumbles. So the crowd definitely had an effect. I think it's funny. We often say, well, you know, home, there's no such thing as home field advantage and analytics say that and the crowd doesn't matter. 
it definitely mattered on Monday night. And I've been to some loud stadiums. That's the loudest I've ever heard uh, an NFL stadium. And I think it played a huge factor. I mean, you saw the delay of games. That was because they couldn't hear the play call in the huddle. And they were, they were you know, having to say it multiple times. So I think that that played a huge factor. But I, I did think the offensive line played relatively well. I think I saw Pro Football Focus put out that they had them ranked as the second best offensive line of week one. I mean, they were able to run the ball. They, they protected Russell Wilson for the most part. Uh, they let him deliver. And, and I think that they, they played well. Now, what's it look like when Graham Glasgow comes in these next few weeks with, with Quinn Miners being out at right guard? Who knows? Does Cam Fleming take over that right tackle spot uh, with Billy Turner still out? You know, does Billy Turner come back? Does he help the offensive line? So we'll see. I think you're going to see some shuffling. But I expect them to only get better up front. Uh, you know, considering that they're not going to be playing in a place like Seattle the rest of the season. Uh, so I, I think that maybe maybe Arrowhead, right? I guess you've played there, Nick, but yeah. I, I would say Arrowhead's going to be the most similar to it. But I expect them to only get better. What were, what were your thoughts on Russell Wilson, though? I mean, I, I feel like he played. I know he only had one touchdown, uh, but I think he was 29 of 42, 340 yards, one touchdown. It looked like he was he was really sharp. I know he had some missed throws. He had the one to Jerry Judy for the touchdown. But uh, what did you just think of Russell Wilson? I thought he played well overall. Obviously, you know, there were some passes that he he left out there. He threw to the back of the end zone one time looking for Cortland Sutton. There were two individuals that, that were open, Melvin Gordon in the middle of the field, and then there was a tight end. I can't remember who it was. It might have been back to uh, the right, right in front of Cortland Sutton. So I'm not going to harp on that too much and kind of beat him up. But I thought, you know, knowing the situation, knowing it's been built as a revenge game, you're going back to Seattle. I thought he handled the pressure well. And even when McManus, you know, missed the field goal, usually when you see a quarterback or uh, the camera pans to someone on the sideline, there's always a look on the face of disgust. And Ross just, I mean, you call it deadpan, you call it whatever you want to. He just kind of clapped his hands as though he understood what the situation is. But that speaks volumes to who he is as a player. I know he wanted to go out there. He wanted to win that game. And one thing I was happy about, George, Russell didn't press, right? I didn't, I don't think that he was pressing in, in, in the game, trying to make throws that were not there. I would have liked personally to see some of those routes be shorter intermediate routes because it just seemed at, at times that those routes were too deep, which puts a lot of pressure on the Broncos' offensive line. But we, we have very talented wide receivers Let's run some of those short crossing routes that we see a lot in the NFL and try to get those guys more involved. But I want to go back to something that you said when you were talking about inside the red zone on that fumble by Javante Williams. I know when I first watched it, I looked at it and I said, well, uh, Graham Glasgow is looking back. He must be confused. And I know it was really loud, especially in that end of the red zone. But here was the thing for me. Go back and watch it. If he's saying, okay, well, originally it was a pass play that was called and Russell checked it to a run, usually on the run, the offensive line is now, he's now being the, the, the guy that's setting the tempo and he's firing out. But when you look at Glasgow, even if it was a pass that was originally called, look at his angle to the way that he blocked. I mean, he was trying to come cross the body of the defender because if that was a pass play and he was confused, he didn't really get into his normal kick shuffle. So that's why I was like, wait, wait a minute. If you were confused and you can't hear the play and you think it's a pass play, the first thing you should do is block the guy in front of you. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, I've never been in that situation as an offensive lineman, 
But George, I'm thinking like, well, block the guy in front of you. And if you do, you engage with him and at least you give Javante just a, a moment, just a glimmer of hope. I mean, am I wrong in that? No, no, you're you're exactly right. And I thought it was interesting. Hackett said, I think it was after the game or, or the other day that they should have had just one play call and they, they, he shouldn't have given them the option to check the play call because it was so loud. And that's, again, where I think you could maybe say that Hackett mismanaged the game at times. I mean, it, if, if it's so loud down there and you know that you need to score a touchdown and the last time you were down there, you also fumbled, maybe you call a timeout there before third and goal at the one and say, okay, this is exactly what we're doing. And if we check, we know it's going to be this one other play. So right. I, I think that that's, again, you know, we can blame Graham Glasgow for not hearing the call or, or not making a block, or we can blame Javante for not, for, you know, for fumbling the ball, even if, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, expecting there to be guys back there like there were. Uh, but again, I think it somewhat falls on Hackett. But I did want to ask you, Nick, about the Melvin Gordon fumble, because that one, I think, wasn't as big of a surprise. I mean, he's trying to make a play. He's reaching for the goal line. But also, Melvin's had some fumble issues in the past. George, George don't you do that. Don't you do that, George. I he, know exactly where you're going, right? He, it is. He, he's had some fumble problems. Has he not? He, he he has, and that was the thing. The moment he fumbled, the first thing I was thinking, like, people are going to kill him in the media and saying, look, here's Melvin Gordon fumbling again. Why is he in there in a critical situation? But the way that I look at it from this standpoint, I mean, here's a guy who was hit by the linebacker. The safety came in and punched the ball out because this is what you worry about if you are a running back coach. A running back fighting for those extra yards out in the field or in the red zone, we've seen it before, George, guys trying to extend the ball out to break the plane of the end zone, and then somehow it gets knocked out. They don't, they're not able to secure it. So I understand what Melvin was thinking about, what he was trying to do, but he's getting, a, he's getting more criticism than he deserves because he has a history of fumbling. Before history is written, Played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I, I know, I get that, I, I get that, but I'm just one that's like, man, Javante Williams to me is just the better running back at this point. And I, and he's also the bigger running back and I would just give him the ball at the goal line. Now I said that, you know, during the game and was one of those, you know, typical people. I was like, well, why didn't they give it to Javante? And then the next time they get down there, they give it to Javante. <laughs> you know, so, you know, maybe it's, maybe Mike Boone is the answer next time. Right. Um, but I, I do think that it was, a, it was an interesting situation. And I, you know, that one, I don't really blame, melvin for because like you said he's trying to make a play um you know and i thought he had maybe scored on the previous play when he caught it on third down and, and tried to reach over the goal line it, yeah and uh but but did you like the play calling though down there in the red zone and not just that that one but you know we go to uh the one you know i think it was in the fourth quarter where Cortland sutton you know jumps off or has a false start uh i think from the two or three yard line it looked like andrew beck was easily going to score i thought that was yeah. a great play call but what did you think of the play calling you know, in the red zone and in the goal to go was, was it, they just weren't executing 
you know, did they just have some unlucky breaks with the fumbles? What did you think uh, could they have done better in the play calling down there? Well, I'm going to call it execution because hindsight is always 2020. You look at it and say you had those two penalty, those two fumbles, and you had the penalty recalling sudden. Well, maybe the play calling should have been a lot better. If 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 you have both of those guys, the running backs, don't fumble. We're not having this conversation. There's no false start by Cortland Sutton. We're not having a, this conversation on the Broncos. That's kind of like 21 points that they left out there. Now we're talking about the game as being in a blowout. But because everyone remembers what things were like under Vic Fangio, poor clock management, not being effective on third down in the red zone, it's just kind of a culmination of all of that just kind of coming back. And now you can look at Hackett and say, well, you are a first-year head coach. It's all your fault, and you need to get better. Yeah, he understands he needs to get better. But I wasn't really upset with, you know, the play calling. And once again, we can nitpick here and say, well, they should have done this. They should have done that. But for me, being a defensive player, knowing how difficult it is for us to defend in the red zone, the one thing that you know hurts you the most are those quick-hitting plays, the, the plays that are in the back of the end zone, the back show, the fades or releasing a running back into the backfield. Those are the ones that are really difficult uh, to stop. And I, look, the Broncos are going to make sure they give the red zone a lot of uh, attention. But there are a lot of teams in the NFL, and this may sound like a justification, that struggle inside the red zone. So I have no – I'm not frustrated. And I know that the Broncos are going to fix that part uh, of their game, but – for, for me, they, they did a good job. It's just all about execution. Yeah, I mean, I think my only my only complaint in the red zone is I'm a big QB sneak guy. If you need one yard, just run a QB sneak. And I thought that's what they should have done there on the fourth and goal. Uh, yeah. They were right on the inch line. And, and Russell is, is a you know, I, I know he's not a very tall guy, but he's a bigger guy. I think he could get into the end zone or find a way into the end zone. And I, I don't like when – and again, I get it. You know, there's certain plays, but going shotgun when you need one yard, I'm just like, yeah, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And again, I'm not uh, an offensive play caller or an expert uh, like Nathaniel Hackett. But other than that, I mean, I thought they really had some nice play calls down there. Uh, they just didn't execute, like you said. And I don't know if that's on Nathaniel Hackett or, or Russell Wilson or the receivers not getting open or, or whatever it may be. Or how about the tight ends? You know, they had several opportunities down there and just didn't make the plays. I think of the one to Saubert in the back of the end zone. Um, you know, I think Eric Tomlinson almost had one where he, you know, if his foot's just one inch um, the other way, he, he gets two feet in and they score a touchdown. So, uh, you know, I think it's small things that they – it's all fixable, right, Nick? Everything that happened to the Broncos is fixable. Uh, one last thing I want to ask you about, Nick, about the offense, and we can jump into some defense after a quick break. What do you think of the wide receivers, especially Jerry, Judy, and Cortland Sutton? There's been a lot of talk about them. They needed to step up this season. Jerry, Judy obviously has a long touchdown pass. Cortland Sutton had some big third down pickups. What did you think of just the wide receiver group in general? I think those guys did a, a quality job with uh, everything being con considered. Uh, I can't say there was kind of a lot of opportunities for uh, both guys, but when the ball was thrown to them, I thought they did a good job of getting yards after the catch. And, and just look at it like this, George. It's only week one. Things are going to get better with this group. And the chemistry is there. For me, I, I see it in practice. You and I see it every day. For those who are not there, the chemistry is, is there. The only thing for me that I have a problem with is those deep routes. Do some short, some short intermediate routes, some crossers, 
because we're looking at run after catch. And that's the thing that made Gino so efficient in the game and just kind of made everyone go like, oh, wow, Gino is this great quarterback. No, it was just a short dink and dunk passes that he was efficient at. Right. And I think the only thing that I would say about the wide receiver group is, you know, I thought Jerry played great. Uh, he looked like he did last year in, in game one against the Giants, right, where he was having a great game before he got injured. Mm-hmm. So I think he could have a big season. Cortland Sutton didn't find the end zone, but I think that him and Russell found some good chemistry. The one guy I'm, I'm maybe a little bit worried about is K.J. Hamler. He had only one target, uh, and I know that he's obviously kind of working still to get back to, to 100%, but I want to see more of him. I want to see the moon ball to K.J. Hamler that – you know, everybody's been talking about and those sorts of things. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the, the offense moves forward. But let's take a quick break, Nick, uh, and then we'll hop into some defensive football.